I thought I was this person. And now I'm realizing that trauma programming old paradigms built me up to believe that I'm this person. And then I have to have this like this pinnacle moment, this tower moment of crumbling before I actually start to get curious around what is here and what do I want to be here and who do I want to become. Welcome to the Stay Grounded Podcast. I'm your host, Raj Jana, founder of Liberate, and it's my mission to help you become the most grounded, loving, and authentic version of yourself that you can be. Each week, I interview experts in the fields of mindset, spirituality, and emotional well-being. My brilliant guests share their tools, stories, and unique perspectives to help you develop the skills you need to show up fully for the people and things that matter most in your life. Now let's dive in. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my dear friend, Miss Carissa Johnson. So Carissa is an intuitive, a channel, an energy healer, and she works with high-caliber leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries um, to merge ancient wisdom with modern principles of leadership development to support them in reaching new levels of wholeness and prosperity by helping them access their deepest spiritual gifts. And I want to touch on that for a second because Chris is a a, a unique being. Uh, She's got a master's degree in clinical psychology and she's gone deep down her own sort of awakening path and waking up her own intuitive gifts, her own spiritual gifts. And now she's sort of cracked the code on helping others wake up to the fullness of themselves and being able to take their spiritual gifts and uh, different types of intuitive abilities and integrate them into the way that they create, the way that they lead, the way that they live their lives. And I really appreciated this conversation because, you know, I think spiritual, you know, whatever gifts, the word spiritual just kind of like immediately pings like a woo kind of concept to me. But the more I had this conversation with Chris and as we went deeper, it actually just makes perfect sense where these aspects of ourselves come from, why they've been laying dormant in our psyche and how it's not just the select few that have the ability to access different ways of being, different ways of thinking, different ways of um, connecting to God, higher power, spirituality, um, insight, gifts. Like it, it, it just brought a lot of awareness to one, why we haven't been able to access and to how we can actually access the depths of us, no matter who we are, where we come from. And so this conversation was beautiful. We talk a lot about what spiritual gifts are and how to connect to them. Um, you know, how to sort of navigate the dark night of the soul, which is truly where sometimes the gifts are found. Like the gifts aren't going to be found in moments where things are going great. Usually your gifts and your most authentic expression of who you are show up in the most terrible of times. And so we talk a lot about that. We talk about how to listen to the wisdom of your heart and your most intuitive, deep spiritual sense versus the noise of your mind. Um, we talk a lot about the role of prayer um, and how to introduce prayer in a very unique way to create more um, more more flow in your life and so much more. I mean, this was just a really beautiful conversation. You know, I've been on this sort of awakening path myself the last few years and just being able to, and, and Chris are bringing so much structure to the conversation around like, yeah, like these challenging moments are here for us to awaken into who we really are and what we're here to do. Just brought a lot of groundedness to the to just my own journey, and I hope it does the same for you. So 
I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or any of wherever you choose to watch or listen to the show. All that means is that every single time we release something new, uh, it'll just ping you, and then you can come listen. Um, tag us on social media. Leave us a review on the show. Let me know what's landing and what's not. Let me know your biggest takeaways. I want to know. It means a lot to me um, just knowing that you're on this path alongside me, and I'm just grateful that we get to continue doing this really fun thing together. So that's it. And without further ado, here is the amazing Miss Carissa Johnson. Enjoy. Yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with the dearest Carissa Johnson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We're doing it. We made it here. We made it here. We made it here with the people screaming outside uh, playing violin there's this dude that's just walking up and down pearl street right now <laughs> just screaming his eyes out just exercising himself on a 12:45 p.m on a thursday yeah welcome to boulder welcome to boulder <laughs> and here we are getting ready to talk about waking up our spiritual gifts mm. i would love to start by Maybe even setting some frame as to what do you consider a spiritual gift? Mm, I love that question. Thank you. So I believe that we are so much more multidimensional and tapped into higher states of being and connection than we are fully aware of. And that... A gift is, by definition, kind of like an offering, Mm. right? And when we say spiritual gift, in some ways, it's like accessing the unseen worlds. So it's like an unseen, maybe a level of mysterious offering. And when we think about our civilization, our ancestry, and where we came from, um, the gifts that we're going to speak about that I've been able to cultivate were normal. People were speaking to and connecting with um, the divine, were connecting with animals, the elements, were connecting with higher dimensional beings, were connecting with their ancestors. And we don't need to dive fully into how and why this happened fundamentally, but there has been a shift in the last few thousands of years where there has been new structures and belief systems really repressing people's connection to these higher states of consciousness. And so what it is that I do is connect to these, these ancient gifts, this wisdom that is literally still very alive in our DNA structure that just needs to be activated and cultivated. And so, yeah, spiritual gift is really around the unseen world and really making an offering and, and I think that I use the word offering for because me for me, when we speak about these concepts, concepts and these um, these sacred gifts, it is an offering to God. It is an offering to the universe. It is an offering to the collective because I'm using it for good. And I think that that's a really important distinction. Is sometimes people can use these gifts for things that are violating or not supportive. And when you really think about the purity of our vessels and the purity of the source that we have come from it's all love it's all unconditional love hmm. now i'm curious like how did the how do your spiritual gifts translate into the way that you 
work or in the way that you relate or in the ways that you sort of live as a being. Mm-hmm. And, and I asked that because you brought up a really important point around belief systems. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember reading, uh, listening to a podcast. I don't remember who was speaking. It was like two really smart people and they were talking about something very smart. Mm-hmm. And the thing I gathered from that very smart conversation was that exactly like you mentioned, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago when a lot of these spiritual gifts were more apparent, um, the structures of society were supportive of those types of things happening. It's like when you walk into a hospital or when you walk into any level of community, if every single person in the community believes that something is possible, it ends up being possible. Mm-hmm. And so when you have this, when, when, when you're awakening to yourself, how does this, how do you kind of maintain these belief systems for yourself as you're sort of navigating and walking in a world that doesn't have that frame? Like what's the, what's the integration? Oh, okay. <laughs> let's, uh, let's unpack that. Cause that's such a, welcome to the stay grounded podcast. <laughs> <laughs> such a big question. So, um, there's so many things. So one of the things I'm going to touch on, and then I'm going to kind of go into a little bit of the backstory of what, how my gifts came online to offer a little bit of a framework and then how I was able to do that, et cetera. I think that would be supportive. So what something is adopted as truth when there's a mass amount of people who are believing it, right? So we believe money is valuable because there's a, a mass amount of people who believe that this piece of paper is worth something. So there are currently a lot of structures that do not support and if anything completely dismiss and deny spiritual gifts and our connection to the divine. So when waking up to this, it's very disorienting in a world where you feel like you don't have any reference point of am I imagining this? Is this real? Am I alone? What do I do with this? What if, and then, and then it starts to be in some ways for me, it was like, what if I don't use this for good? What if I, you know, there's a lot of, there can be a healthy questioning and inquiry around your own navigation of using your gifts and sharing them with the world and and coming into the world. And so in 2018, 2019, I went through a really significant breakup. And at the time I, and, and going into like 2019, 2020, I went through a deep, deep, deep dark night of the soul. And that's one of the major entry points and gateways for people to access their their truest self, their, their purest self. Uh, a lot of these gifts come online during that time. And on surface, I had everything that I ever wanted. I had just gotten a penthouse apartment, a Range Rover. I had multiple five-figure cash months. I had just built a really successful multiple six-figure cash business. I had sold out uh, coaching clients, retreats, everything that I wanted. And yet I was so deeply unfulfilled. I would have clients boxer me and it would be overwhelming. I would have clients messaging me about these really big wins and I felt like it didn't matter. It was, so I felt so empty. And I talk about this a lot on my podcast as well, but there was a moment when a client had just messaged me about like crossing over the million dollar mark. And I remember I didn't really feel anything. And I walked down the stairs and I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't know who I was. 
And I and when I say that, I mean, I looked at myself in the mirror and I felt like I was looking at a ghost. It was just kind of like, how the hell did I get here? And how did I exist for, you know, at this point, 29, 30 years and still not know what I love, still not feel like I'm who I'm meant to be and not in the potential way of like reaching my potential. But when people would ask me, what do you enjoy doing for fun? I really didn't have an answer other than work. And so it was really difficult for me to start to get into these really existential questions around who am I, what is life? And it was so disorienting. And so during that process, I took a lot of time off. I took like a four or five month sabbatical because I was just led to do that. I didn't feel like I could continue to function in the same structures of my business and in my life. And it became really hard to show up in the world because I at this time I still I had like a public persona I had an identity I had an image that people saw of me online and then behind the scenes feeling so confused about who I was having what I felt like was spirits come through not knowing at the time it was spirits but I was like are these like voices in my head and I would be able to look at somebody and I would know so much about them and I didn't fully realize that these were gifts it felt burdensome because it was absolutely overwhelming Mm. and I was living in downtown San Diego and at the time all my sensitivities were coming online and I know you and I share this because I know you went through something similar where it was like the trains were so loud I would walk outside and it was just overwhelming for me to exist in the world which is why I had to take time off so a really important thing that I did was in some ways I felt like I had to remove myself from the structures the paradigm and the life that I had built to go inward, to get really curious, for to understand who I was, what is life, what do I actually believe? Because looking back, I think that I had adopted so many beliefs that were just passed down to me. Like I think the belief around success was one of them. If you are a multimillionaire, then you're successful. If you have 100,000 followers on Instagram, then you're successful. I had adopted these beliefs and yet I was still so empty inside, even on my pursuit and and hitting those milestones and achieving those things. So orienting myself in the world was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Every day I felt like I I wasn't suicidal, but it felt like this longing for home mm. that I couldn't access within the world. Nothing made sense. Um, my connection with my friendships, I didn't know how to orient myself. So Long story short, it just for me felt like I needed to separate myself to go deeply inward, to explore this internal landscape. And that's when I started studying shamanism. That's when I started sitting with plant medicine. That's when I went into this this like cave of my heart and was like, what is there? What wants to be seen? But if you're going through an identity shift, if you're in the shamanic work that I do, we call this a dismantling or there is the dark night of the soul. If you don't have healthy space held for you and healthy reflection and people are still holding you to that other identity or that other belief system, it becomes really hard to grow. It's kind of like a baby who's really vulnerable and they're told this is your name. This is what you need to do. It really robs them of the flowering, the blossoming of their greatest self. So that's why community is so important. That's why community is so important. And that is when I really started to understand the fundamentals of 
nature and how the unseen worlds, the, the, the wisdom of the voiceless comes through the nature, how community and tribe is really not a luxury, but a necessity and why reflection from the external world, as well as reflecting on your own life is super important to cultivate. And I think that this is what people are really navigating right now is this identity shift around, I thought I was this person. And now I'm realizing that trauma programming old paradigms built me up to believe that I'm this person. And then I have to have this like this pinnacle moment, this tower moment of crumbling before I actually start to get curious around what is here and what do I want to be here and who do I want to become? There's a lot of dying that gets to happen in that process. And I think that's, you know, a fundamental shift that I'm recognizing. And just as a culture, it's like we're shifting into this age of us having to actually shift the relationship we have to death. Because if we hold on to any level of identity, if we hold on to any level of certainty, if we hold on to anything we know that is the the crumbliest foundation, you know, because ultimately 99% of everything in life is what we don't know. Everything is uncertain. Everything is always in flux. Mm-hmm. We are always living and die. There's birth and death at both poles. And what's fascinating, and I'm curious for you, like you you, you mentioned that there is this moment of coming home. Like, or you were looking for home. What was the first moment where you actually felt home? And how did that, how did home actually feel in your body in reference to what you were experiencing as the opposite at the time? Wow. Uh, Truthfully, I still feel like I'm coming home. I don't feel like I fully have landed completely home. And you have glimpses of home. And I always have glimpses of home. So but what does think, that glimpse feel yeah. like in the body for anybody who yeah. might be listening and they hear like, cause I think there's like what I love about, you know, like, the reason I'm asking this question is because I think the more that we can see examples of home, mm-hmm. okay. Like what does home even mean? Like maybe somebody's just living in a really dirty fishbowl mm-hmm. and they have no idea they're living in a dirty fishbowl. And right now we have an opportunity to paint what that nice little clean fishbowl mm-hmm. feels like. Mm-hmm. How would we describe it? What would home feel like, sense like? How do you move through the world when you're at home? Yeah. What is that experience like for you? What was the first time yeah. and then what is it like now? You know, I don't know that I can remember the exact first time, but I can tell you that I remember a distinct moment when I had decided to take this sabbatical this few months off of work and m- moved out of my home. I was actually going to go nomadic because I felt like I really needed to just get away for a little bit. And I was laying on a bed and I was laying down and I, you know, at this point, up until this point, I, my life was so busy. It was just filled with things and every moment, every, every breath, it was like I was on my phone, I was working, I was always doing something. And it was certainly a trauma response to unhealed things that I had not been able to access. And so I was laying on a bed and I felt like for the first time in my life, I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have anyone to support. I didn't have anyone trying to get in touch with me. I didn't have any pressure. I didn't have anything that was external kind of forcing me to show up or be in a certain way. And without that pressurization, without those expectations, without any need to be other than where I am, I was able to fully surrender and be in the present moment it felt so orgasmic. It felt so 
alivening. I felt like I was everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Isn't there a movie about that? It was like, I think there's a movie about everything everywhere all at once. Yes. It was like that, but blissful. It was, I was everything, everyone all at once in nothing. It was the interconnectedness. I could, even though I was on the bed, like I could feel nature and the the frequency of earth outside. Mm. I could feel the, my heartbeat. I could hear the voice of my heart. I could, I just felt like at one with everything. And that was the first time I felt like, oh, it's a deep state of surrender. Yeah. It was such a deep state of surrender. And my, my nervous system was so regulated and calm. And it's kind of like, you don't realize how tight you are until you go to yoga and then you leave and you're like, wow, like, oh, this is what my body is supposed to feel like. That's what it felt like. I didn't realize how caged, how shackled, how restricted I felt and contracted I felt until I experienced a moment of not experiencing that. And that taste of this state of consciousness, this feeling of surrender, this connection to oneness, this connection to divinity and source is possible. I'm going to dedicate my entire life to accessing this and helping other people do the same. Mm. When you're, so let's come back to, I want to actually from all of this now context, like talk about your spiritual gifts. Mm. Cause like the way you initially described them. And then like, as we've kind of gone down this conversation, I've actually gotten a different understanding myself, Mm. which is really fascinating. Like, Cause like my understanding of spiritual gifts are like when like they're like, like one, when I think about the soul, when I think about this aspect of spirit in ourselves, it is our authentic selves, right? So the part when you unlayer all the trauma, all the conditioning, all the beliefs, what you're left with is your most authentic self. And if you don't have any programs that tell you what your authentic self is supposed to be, you may have all sorts of gifts. You may have all sorts of magic that flows through you. You may have all sorts of uh, intuitive senses and, and, and different senses that come online. And so from that state, like, what are your gifts? And I'm curious because, like, like if I check out my gifts, like, I don't know if I've ever had, like, psychic gifts. I don't know if I've ever had visual gifts. Like, I have a deep ability to see people. I have a deep ability to, like intuit and like my intuition's just really fucking solid Mm -hmm. like after years of me untangling Mm -hmm. but like what are some other examples of what like a spiritual gift might be like because i think yeah i'm just curious like you know if you can just give an example of what yours are and then maybe even paint examples of what you might have seen in your clients or what you sense just like because i think broadening from spiritual gifts to just gifts or our authenticity mm-hmm. might make it more attainable for human beings that um, that might feel like, oh, I'm never going to reach my spiritual gifts. Like it's too far out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for offering that because I do think that we all have gifts. Yeah. And some people might think that their gift isn't necessarily spiritual or psychic in nature, but we all have something that we're here to contribute. Mm. And that's where some people are like, this is my purpose and my mission. It's your gift. It's your offering. And you have a certain, uh, you have a certain system. You have certain astrology. You have certain personality types that support you in creating and cultivating that. Mm. 
And so in my path, they're called shamanic gifts. Some people might identify them as clairs. There's clairsentience, which means clear feeling. There's clairaudience, which means clear hear- hearing. There's claircognizance, clear thinking. There's clairgustus, which is clear taste. There's clairvoyance, clear sight. So there's a variety of different, uh, clear means clear. I think, I don't know if I said that or not. So clear and then your senses and sight. And we actually have more senses than people realize. They're not just based on these. And so those would be the the t- typical generic sort of gifts that I'm referring to. And they kind of manifest in different ways. So you might say that you have a really strong intuition. Not everybody experiences their intuition through a gut feeling. Some people have just a clear knowing of like, I just know that this person is going to be good with that. That's clear um, cognizance, right? So your intuition can actually show itself and manifest itself mm. through these clairs. And those those are just a few of them. There are a variety of other gifts. Some people identify as being a grid worker. So they go to certain pyramids and they lay, they can understand the electrical system of Mother Earth and lay grids. Some people can communicate with animals and can mm. hear the spirit of animals. So there's probably thousands of different gifts. The main ones that I've studied and cultivated within myself are within the realms of shamanic or Claire gifts. And so fortunately for me, I have most of my gifts actually activated, which is kind of rare. Some people have like one or two really strong. I have most, if not all of mine activated. The strongest ones for me are clairvision, so or clairvoyance. I see very clearly. So that's where there's like this oracle-esque gift that really comes through or like almost like a medium or a priestess where they communicate with higher realms of consciousness and can actually see the future in a way some people might say this is psychic this is not uncommon in greek in the in greek mythology quote unquote um they used to hire or have oracles with politicians and some of the most um higher level states of uh politics and people in power used to have oracles come mm. through and support yeah. them with their vision so my gifts are most strongly clairvoyance um, Claire audience, I hear messages, I hear spirits, as well as Claire cognizance and Claire sentience. So all of mine are strong and activated. Um, so those would be some of mine. And what I see with my clients is that there's some that are like just being discovered. There's some people who can, you know, this is not a new one, but they, they can just see auras. Some people can just activate people, certain chakras in their energy system and see certain blocks. So it's not in a way, there's there's categories to help us offer frameworks, but there, we're not limited. I think we're really just discovering the human potential as we heal. We're really seeing what's possible when the vessel is clear, what actually wants to come through. I think that's what's so exciting about like just, you know, why I think trauma healing and doing the work to like really clear your vessel is such a gift because I feel like it is true evolution, mm-hmm. right? Like we evolved we, we carry these these generational systems in our bodies, in our DNA. And then when we do the work to actually alchemize all of that and create just this come back into pure alignment with just the sacred geometry of the moment, which is like what is happening today? What is happening in my DNA today? And like really align, it creates a, a lot of possibility for these types of gifts to be very tangible and real. Like it's not, it, it, it actually feels like it makes more sense than ever before. Like it doesn't feel woo at all to me. 
the more I go down this path because yeah. it is truly like ultimately if you clear out any if you clear out the old operating system and you plant something completely new in its place and then you find others that are also again coming back to the community and a new sort of era of belief systems that are being cultivated like what's possible i mean like it's kind of crazy like yeah. the like i think about like you know everybody's all doom and gloom these days but i'm like fuck like i feel like we're stepping into one of the most exciting decades of human history like I, I truly feel like we're on this precipice of like spiritual potential getting unlocked in a way amongst the masses that which is why i actually think a lot of the systems at large are kind of crumbling definitely crumbling like you see the political system yep. and it's like you got guys like robert kennedy jr who's like coming in there and like rocking the boat Woo! you've got yeah. you know the banking systems with mm -hmm. like everything happening there you've got there's just so much like turmoil happening in every single legacy system and i think it is because of this awakening that's happening where people are waking up to the truth not just in society but also themselves when you wake up to the truth in yourself you can't unsee it you can't unfeel it no yeah you know as you're saying this i think it's important for people to understand that spirituality is actually very scientific. We just got back from ancient civilization conference yeah. and we literally saw the breakdown of all of these semi esoteric concepts be broken down to mathematics and science and think that they can actually study in the quantum. So these are not abstract woo woo things, although they may have been or felt like, and in some ways there's still things that we can't prove, but the sages and mystics of our time have suggested are true, but this is science and truth will always prevail. And so for me, I'm really getting excited about how science is catching up with spirituality. And so for the people who have a hard time um, understanding concepts or needing a little bit more of that practicality, they're able to start getting behind some of these things because they're seeing the science of them. Yeah. And I mean, the science, well, it's ancient. So for everyone listening, like we, <laughs> ancient civilizations was a conference hosted by Gaia, which is the kind of the spiritual TV network. Um, and they talked a lot about just ancient technologies and civilizations that existed well before, mm like recorded humans were here mm -hmm. and it was just so mind-blowing and enlightening and i mean some of the technologies were kind of out like outrageously outrageous I'm, i might I mean, add i mean i'm not to say that i don't i can't believe like but i'm I, i'm but i'm taking i mean it was, it was hard for me to grasp just what is possible it's so beyond the mind that's the thing that's the thing it's beyond the mind it's beyond what we conventionally know to be true mm -hmm. And I think that's where even for me, like just thinking about even an entrepreneurship and business and kind of growing as a as a creator, like like I've really had to dismantle what I know is possible. And it's like every time I dismantle this this operating system of okay, like this is what I can create in one day, this is what I can create in a year. It's like even that thing, like, oh, we must work hard to achieve this, we must do this to get that. It's like those are all constructs that are rooted in the mind. Yeah. But the mind is can either be a cage or it can be a, an incredible amplifier. And um and what I where I struggle is like allowing myself to really believe that everything is possible. Like can spaceships be fucking possible? I don't know. 
but like it's hard for me to fathom that but i also then go to the edge of like if i allowed myself to actually believe that what could i create like what's the upside of me believing that just about anything no matter how far-fetched it is possible so I don't know, I'm just sitting there. But. Yeah, it, as you're as you're talking, um, it reminds me of Roger Bannister and how four he ran the mile. four minute mile, and how people were like, "You can't do that. That's impossible." He did it, and then years after, so many people started doing it. Right. So it's all we only kind of know what we're exposed to, and so for people who grow up in these small rural towns across the globe. And they don't know that there are train systems. They don't see skyscrapers. They can't fathom it because they haven't seen it. So it becomes really challenging when you like some, some of us have lived in this bubble. And I think for whatever reason, we don't need to get into, but we haven't seen the advancements that are already out there. They're just starting to trickle in. And so it's kind of like, it's hard to go from, oh, okay, this is our reality to everything is possible. So there needs to be some sort of bridge. And that's why we like go to conferences like this and we're starting to see, oh, this exists and this is possible. And then it opens you up to more possibilities. But there has to be like a little doorway or an entry point before blast off. I like to call those expanders. That's what we, yeah. we call those in our in our community, like the in my library community. Um, because like I find even in my life, like if I think about, when I got out of my nine-year relationship, like I had an idea of what was possible in love. Mm. And then I met my first mentors in love and I saw their relationship and I was like, oh my God, that is actually something that somebody has. Yeah. Like there are people that look at each other like that. And like when I remember, I, I still, I'll never forget when I first saw one of my mentors like look at his look at his queen the way he was looking at her and i was like oh man like that is how i want to look at the person i'm with and it did lead to that mm -hmm. it actually led to me manifesting my next partner mm -hmm. and that was like and and i think that that's just in one example like we're talking spirituality and ancient civilizations and technologies but very tangibly if you're not somebody who's good at setting boundaries and then you meet somebody who's fucking excellent at setting boundaries, that right there is an expander of what you know to be true mm -hmm. and what you know is possible. And so like, I think we can even stretch our, our like stretching into more of what we know to be true and what's possible it doesn't have to look like going into the quantum realms. Right. It can look like just finding real world examples of human beings that are stretching beyond the capacity of what you think is possible. Yeah. And just ex being exposed to that in every dimension of your life opens that up to be a possibility for yours. Yeah. Thank you for breaking that down so practically because that's super important that we're we're playing in this space up here. But for people who are relatively newer to this work and they're like, this doesn't really apply to me. It is the examples of love, right? It is the examples of mentorship. I remember first learning about the four hour work week mm. and then being like, what yep no way like that guy was retiring possible? every three months going on like world tango competitions i was like yeah i, I remember that being a super mind-blowing yeah so this is why i think that we all have gifts we all have medicine and we all are walking each other home mm. through being the embodiment of our truest most authentic self 
when Tim Ferriss came out with his book and this concept, a lot of people thought he was nuts. You know, they're like, what do you mean you can do that? And then they're like, oh, I can actually apply this to my own life. So you're right. There is these examples, these expanders by people living just their life, right? He was living the life that he wanted to live. And by him deciding that that's how he wanted to exist in this reality, he inspired and supported so many people in really coming into that for themselves. So I think it can be a huge, that's the moment. It's like something touches you in such a way where your whole reality shifts. And so whether it's about love, money, um, mentorship, business, they, they all exist in the realm of here's what I believe is possible. And then here's what I see other people doing, or here's what I see other people doing. It doesn't need to be like hierarchical. If somebody else is doing that, that means that I can too. I think it's relatively scary to question what you know to be true and coming into the dark night of the soul, right? Like, yeah, you know, it takes a tremendous level of courage and awareness and support, like you've mentioned, mm -hmm. to like go from an operating system that is one way to step into something that is very new for you. And so I also want to just recognize that, you know, we both recognize it's hard and the rewards are pretty amazing. Like the rewards of waking up to the truth of yourself. Like, I mean, like I remembered I used to sit inside of these bullshit beliefs that I'm not enough or that I have to be like all these scripts and stories that would just live in my mind that were learned mm -hmm. from all these different experiences in my life. And it wasn't until I started challenging those scripts that I now feel like I live in a completely different paradigm where I feel like I am so inherently deserving of love, pleasure, and all the amazing things in the world. And it is my default operating system. And it and to think that like, and, and it was a gnarly ride to get here. It was a dark night of the soul. It was a lot of work. But to know that this is possible, to know that you can live in an expanded state, and even if it is challenging, like it's all part of that sort of, you're, you're, it's all part of your life story yeah. to wake up to more of who you are and to wake up to your gifts. Because I truly feel like everybody deserves to know what their gifts are. Mm -hmm. And it takes that commitment to yourself to want to get there. How did you, I guess, on your journey, stay committed to the path like when it got hard? Yeah. <clears throat> I think when I think about what you were saying around it takes a lot of bravery, it takes a lot of courage, you know, there's an element of grief that happens. There's an emotional release of grief because once you wake up to this is really my reality, my truth now, this is who I really am, you grieve the life you lived without knowing that. You grieve the moments that you could have tasted this pleasure, this amount of love, this amount of expansion. And sometimes it's hard to keep going because you don't know what's on the other side. It relates to what we're talking about. Like you only kind of know what you're exposed to. And, you know, I'm, I still navigate these moments where I don't know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing and who I am. And I think that that's kind of what makes life really fun mm -hmm. and the adventure that we're on of just like, I'm okay with not knowing. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with being like living in the place of uncertainty. And instead of looking at life, like I have to figure it out. There is this end destination. 
really allowed myself to enjoy the entire spectrum and process of of not knowing. And that's really where the juiciness is when every day feels like a miracle when Mm. you're kind of like, wow, I just got out of bed today and I wonder where God or the universe or my higher self is going to take me. And you end up at a coffee shop and then you just kind of notice these nudges. So, you know, to answer your question, like, I think that it just remind. I just keep going back to the moments when it was so hard. And I just actually got out of like a season like that a month ago or a couple months ago when I was going through this major identity shift, like these belief systems were crumbling around who I thought I was, where I thought I was going to be. And for me, prayer really mm. helped me a lot. Um, my attention and my intention being focused on the same thing and really claiming that I get to have, I I am deserving of every day and really reprogramming this operating system, this master computer that is our mind because our cells are listening to that. And so waking up every day and not even like, oh, I'm grateful for, but like, whew, wow, thank you for this breath. Just this this moment, this this day, whatever this adventure holds, because truthfully speaking, you know, there was a time in my life when I didn't feel anything. I was so numb. And so to even feel pain reminds me of how alive I am. And there's even a, an amount of like, wow, I can feel this deeply. That is so utterly satisfying to know that we are feeling creatures feeling beings and so even in the devastation and the grief i'm like fuck this is such an adventure and i don't ever want to get off this this ride it's like just to be so grateful for all of the the craziness and also deeply wanting the settledness Mm. within myself just comes from the state of surrender and i was talking to my client this morning and she was like do you ever feel like it gets easier and I think I was like that's so relative you know like how do you define easy I think that life would be really boring if there wasn't opportunity for growth and it reminds me of when you're in plant medicine ceremony and you're something's coming up and you're surrendering it and you're like I don't want to go there where is this gonna take me am I gonna go somewhere else if you've ever sat with medicine the more you resist it the more suffering you Mm. experience and so there is an intelligence of life that's being orchestrated. It's the same thing that keeps the waters and the rivers flowing. It's the same thing that helps the sun rise. It's the same thing that feeds the birds from the worms. Like that sophistication is also keeping you alive. And so can you trust where the energy and the aliveness is taking you? And I think if you can, you will experience you experience peace and joy, but that does not mean there's not struggle. There can you can access peace in a state of chaos because it's a choice in your consciousness of what you're choosing to believe that state or that season means or where it's taking you. So it's a it's a walk of gratitude and this is where I'm going next and just keep walking. And it's, even if you slow down, just keep walking. And on the other side of it, I've realized the depths of which I was willing to allow myself to go in the where spirit, God, the universe was taking me and my emotions and healing on the other side, like physics 
was an equal amount of liberation, was an equal amount of joy and access, like really building out that capacity. So your willingness and your willingness to feel and your emotional capacity is directly related to your prosperity. And not prosperity in a sense of financial abundance, but prosperity meaning thriving on all levels. And it takes amount of great courage to step into that because there's so many emotions that you have to feel in the process. You said so much in there that <laughs> I feel like could all be their own podcast episodes. Um, wow. Thank you for existing and just being. That was really beautiful. I love just witnessing you just drop into that channeled piece and just like allowing um, a lot of beautiful truth. And one thing you said specifically, which was keeping your intention and your attention on the same thing. And that was just so potent. Like I had never heard it put so simply and eloquently like, cause that is such, I mean, if, if anyone listening just takes that home, like as a practice to like when you are just cultivating your day, like just focus on that, like set your intention and keep your attention on a similar path. Like, fuck like you do that regularly and you will create some really beautiful shifts. Like you will call in, like I've been really sitting with like recently I've been thinking about like manifestation and all this stuff. And I used to think that you manifest by, you know, sitting in the meditations and doing the, the full blown Joe Dispenza stuff and calling it in. And that's one form, but I'm learning to really access and connect to the fact of what you just mentioned that, is actually how you manifest the manifestation is with the attention and the intention so just reflecting back something you probably already know that you're amazing and you're fucking smart and brilliant and uh i'm very grateful that i'm getting this very unique opportunity to get to know you in this way and to peel behind the onion or you know I will. Res I'll be you're, an you're, onion. You're not an onion. You're more like a. You're like a. You're like a nice velvety multi-layered cake. Oh wow! Great. Well, yeah. I will receive that. Thank Great. you so much. You're so welcome. Um, let's talk about how anybody listening can. Um, just what are you? What are you doing in the world? And how do you support people? And how can uh, anybody listening who just really resonates with what you have to offer, like like. Do you have a message for them? Yeah, actually, I want to circle back to one thing you're saying, and it segues into this. When you say the word resonate, that's what's happening when you manifest. You're resonating with the frequency of what you want. So people think of law of attraction of like thinking the things, but you're feeling the feelings, but deeper on deeper level, you're vibrating. You're resonating with the future that you want to create. And that can be a really hard thing for people because they're like, well, I'm not there yet. How do I feel the feelings? And that's where the work is, right? So it's the embodiment coming from the body, the laws of resonance that exist within this galactic energy vessel that is our human body, this sacred piece of like meat suit that is so unique though have you never heard it called a meat suit <laughs> i have i just don't like it i it's like our bodies are the pathways to god it is and true so like i think we, our hearts are too no but our bodies are like the like the universe is in our body oh yeah you know it's so like when i think of it from that standpoint yeah. i'm like 
let's change the verbiage. Like, I like, like, like meat suit, suit just <laughs> takes it, 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 it diminishes this. Like, we're like soul suits. Mm, Maybe soul we're soul suits. suits. We're yeah. like, yeah, we're more like, anyways, I digress. Continue. Yeah. So it's, it is this like inner, the galaxy like exists within us. All of, we're made of the elements, truly, mm-hmm. you know? So um, it is this resonance. And I think that that's what, People, how people find me is the most interesting thing. I've had people dream of me and not know who I am and get my name and find me on Instagram. Mm. I've had a couple people, some people of my followers find me uh, by dreaming about me or my followers have dreams about working with me and just listen to that. And so it's, I bring up the word resonance and segue into what I'm doing in the world because if you're resonating with this message, if you feel truth, if you feel the sense of home of like, wow, like I, there's something deep that I feel here. That's something to pay attention to. So whether it's choosing to listen to this podcast or following me or investing in working with me or, or you or whomever paying attention to that resonance. And that's what I ultimately do is I help people heal so that they can connect to their heart coming from the mind into the heart, which they say is that's the longest pathway, is the path that you will take from your mind to your heart. So really healing so they can access their heart's wisdom and listen to that because I believe that the heart is actually the bridge and the medium between worlds. And so whether it's worlds in terms of multidimensionality or worlds in terms of that's where you're, how you hear your soul or your spirit guides, your ancestors, angels, whatever it is, accessing soul wisdom, ancient wisdom that exists within this beautiful vessel that is our body, that's in our molecular structure that carries on for forever. And so that's what I do is I help people untame the power of their heart to listen to the ancient wisdom of their soul. And particularly leaders, entrepreneurs, public figures, change makers, people who are making an impact in the world to really move from the logical mind of like, oh, we got to do this thing here. Where's the ROI? Make this profit, making decisions and operating from that plane of existence and that consciousness to really listening to the compassionate, loving, powerful force of nature that exists within our being. And that may sound like an abstract concept, but if you study the HeartMath Institute, Joe Dispenza's work, the heart has its own consciousness. It has its own nervous system. There's been studies where people have looked at, fo- they're, they're passing photos through like a screen in front of them. There's like emotions that people are portraying in these photos. And even before the photo shows up, the person's body is already responding in resonance with what that photo portrays. So if that person photo showed anger, even before they saw the photo, the heart and energy could already pick up on that photo and their body was already responding. So this is an ancient vessel filled with a shit ton of wisdom that has that wants to be liberated, that wants to be heard. That and wants you to tried calling it a meat suit. <laughs> Well, I started with galaxy and then I said meat suit. It's both. Um, So that's what I do is I really help people awaken to the power of their heart and listen and trust that. And it's through a variety of ways. I have my own show, which you're going to be on transcendent leadership. I do a lot of writing and activation poetry. I am writing a book. I do immersions. I have private work with people. There's a variety of, there's a buffet of ways that people can get connected, but ultimately that's my greatest contribution mm. is is leading your life 
leading others and being led from the power of the heart. Mm. Thank you for being. I have one last question for you. Yeah. By the way, everybody, if anyone's taking notes, we'll include all those links in the show notes or you can find Carissa um, in the midst of, well, I got two questions because this is season two of Stay Grounded. Wait, so I have, I have, I have an evolution of this final question. The first previous question is how do you stay grounded in the midst of everything you have going on? But the second is what is one thing you have consistently done to become more grounded? Okay. So the first question is how do I stay grounded? I stay grounded by going slow because slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm, I love that quote. I don't even know who said it. But it's a jujitsu quote. Is it okay? I love it because yeah. it's true. It's so true. So yeah. Every day when I wake up, I'm not jumping out of bed, getting in the shower. There's a lot of spaciousness that exists within my world. And even though I have a very full life and very full schedule, I love doing what I'm doing. I find moments to pause. Yeah. And I even shared this with you. Every three hours for three minutes, I'm pausing and I'm taking a moment. And it's before meals. It's every three hours for three minutes. I'm creating spaciousness and slowness so that I can actually feel where I'm at and what I'm doing versus being on the automatic. Gotcha. And how do I stay? No, what is one thing you've done consistently to become more grounded? What is one thing I've done more consistent, consistently to stay more grounded? To become. Become more grounded. I think um, going even deeper with a study of prayer. Mm. What does it mean to actually pray? What am I actually praying for? Mm. Um, prayer is honestly one of my most sacred and heavily used tools and i think people underestimate that so for me prayer is helping me become more grounded because it's bringing my attention and intention into the present moment and that's the only place you can actually be grounded and be in this moment fuck you would say like the thing that makes me want to start a whole new episode right when we're wrapping up carissa <laughs> the fuck god like can't take you anywhere <laughs> <laughs> anyways no i'm just kidding thank you for being i have loved this conversation and it's been such a joy mm -hmm. um everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded i'm your host raj and this is your new friend carissa and from us stay grounded we'll chat soon thanks for tuning into this week's episode of stay grounded no matter where you're from or what you're going through I hope it helps you remember just how incredible you are and have always been. If you're on a path of emotional healing or self-discovery and would like to learn how Liberate can support your journey, head to www.rajana.com forward slash liberate. That is L-I-B-E-R-8 to learn more about our current group programs and one-on-one -on -one offerings. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.